All right, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Be Ferrari. I'm John, your host. I kind of messed up the name there, Be Ferrari. But anyway, <laughs> Tony's with me. Uh, Tony, that was oh. the 4X version. Yeah, like yeah. Like the 4X speed. Yeah, well, chipmunks. Yeah. How are things, Tony? Uh, things are good. Things are good. Um, awesome. I have felt like I needed to build an arc lately. We've had so many gigantic storms where I am. I just... Uh, in Pittsburgh, we've had really torrential rains. I yeah. mean, I feel kind of like one of those people complaining about something that's not a real problem, considering there's a hurricane going on. You know, I, was, I mean, yeah, not going to bring it up. But yeah. Yeah. Well, situational issues. However, past couple of weeks of Pittsburgh have been we've had lots of flooding issues and things like that in different different parts. So it's been been kind of rough, but otherwise doing good. They uh, overturned the latest eviction moratorium. So that's yeah. a pretty good thing for landlords. Um, what does what does that mean for you, Tony? For us, we're very fortunate. We're not particularly impacted. Uh, most of our tenants. Much? Most of our tenants are fine. Um, there were just a couple that weren't really paying so now we can actually you know move through the process which is useful i'll have to like go read a couple books on how to do it again i feel like i'm out of practice yeah (laughs) well do you think it's uh i imagine that the whole sheriff process is going to be delayed for a little while too right yeah i i haven't actually um we posted notice on some tenants but we haven't elapsed the 10 days yet to be able to send in the um like request for a court date so we'll see i anticipate that that court date will probably be months out so they'll get a a couple more free free months of rent but the end is near indeed indeed ways than one well (laughs) i hope that works out well for everyone and yeah it'll be uh you know on the other side even if you're not evicting tenants but you're renting things it'll be a pretty interesting market you'll need to even more more so in the past you need to thoroughly screen your tenants yeah there's gonna be a couple lemons on the market right 40 percent lemons i'd say wow that's a lot of lemons yeah very strong lemonade um anyway today (laughs) we're gonna just talk about uh it's kind of like two parts sort of this episode um today we're gonna talk about the next episode in our series of episodes which will just be my first deal so um we've been going through kind of the journey to financial independence through real estate first couple episodes in this series we talked about our motivation to do it then uh last week we had john's motivation or john's first deal how he got into it what he did and then now we'll go over mine and then we'll have some more some more episodes for you after this so this is just kind of the beginning of the journey is that uh, adequately set to stage? I think so. Thank you for your fantastic contribution. So, Tony, we're going to be talking, uh, just to bring everybody up to speed, we're sort of talking about FI, how we proceeded through it, and now we're going to be talking about exactly your your first uh, your first really real estate investment. So you were, you know, working a, uh, like a pharmaceutical job. You had transitioned into a, a technical writing position where you had a little more autonomy over your schedule. I think you were doing like a little bit of real estate on the professional side. Is that true or no? No. So no, for my first my yet. first deal, 
I was still a, uh, a quality control scientist. So I was working for a pharma company as a, in the lab, uh, by training, I'm a microbiologist. So that's how I did that job. Mm. Um, and I was just unhappy with working as we talked about in the motivation. So that's, that's where I was at the beginning. Okay. So setting the stage and you were living, where are you living at this time? I was renting an apartment um, with my girlfriend at the time, wife now. We had been together for mm, maybe five or six years, uh, living together for, I guess, three, two or three years. Yeah, pretty serious. You knew what you were in for anyway. And more or less. Not so many surprises. And then uh, you had been working for how long? Mm. Tough question. Uh, probably for maybe five years, five okay. years total. Uh, started out in sales jobs. And then when I got rid of my student debt, I um, went to go work at this at this company. Okay. So a couple of years of professional experience, kind of more importantly, you have been saving money uh, for a couple of years. Scratching together some money, yeah. Yeah, scratch. <laughs> got it. You got a coffee can. You're yeah. coins in every weekend. All right. And then, so you're working. And I guess even before you found this deal, had you decided you wanted to do real estate? Or, or you wanted to make an investment? Not, or was uh, not entirely. So mm-hmm. my uh, wife now, she knew that, I mean, I was always looking up. We talked about it in the last episode, looking up like ways out of doing what I was doing. Yeah. And she came across uh, the bigger pockets podcast and she sent it to me and I had been, I had listened to it in the morning uh, a couple of times. And I think one of the first episodes that I listened to was about house hacking. So mm-hmm. we've Got talked it. about that a lot on the show. So you're an antenna for this sort of thing at this point. Yeah. Mostly at the time I was just thinking about like business ideas or mm-hmm. jobs that, didn't require as much um, oversight because my biggest problem with working was probably just having a boss in general. Yep. Relatable. (laughs) Relatable. Yeah. To probably many of the people out there. Yeah. Okay. And so, okay. So then let's talk about how did you, how did this come across your radar, this specific opportunity? Or was this even the first opportunity? Did you try um, and make some offers on some other places? This was our first. Pl- nah, this was our first place we offered on. Yeah, I think. Oh wow. Okay. Um. So yeah, I had been listening to the the podcast, got the idea to house hack. Um, before even pulling the trigger, I mean, obviously you have to have the conversation with the significant other, right? Yeah. Um. I hear a lot of people talk about how do you get your spouse on board, whether it's your husband or your wife or whoever. And I think that for me, I was lucky that it wasn't really, I'm probably a bad, yeah, well, (laughs) I don't think she was very interested in real estate. She just saw it because they had like an episode on how to quit your job. That's the only reason she sent it to me in the first place. And then it kind of went down the rabbit hole a little bit. Um, But I'm a bad person to ask. I mean, people ask me because my wife's pretty on board with everything they're like well how did you get her to do that and i'm like well i'm a bad person to ask because i i didn't really have to that much um okay. but after i discovered this concept 
I we had been sort of committed for a while together. We were mm-hmm. sort of kicking around the idea of getting married. And then I I told her after I listened to one of the house hacking episodes, I was like, look, we have money to do one of two things. We can either get married or we can go buy this house and live for free. She's like, well, I don't I don't know about that. I'm like, okay. And then she's like, well, let me think about it. And then some time went by. I think we may have had like two conversations about it. And then she said, that's fine. Let's go look for it. And I wasn't licensed at the time. So I just used used a realtor. We got set up on alerts. Um, I actually, I had been thinking we were going to do an FHA loan. So I got pre-approved for that. Um, and we just started looking. My mom actually some of the motivation to uh, become a realtor. My realtor wasn't bad. He did an okay job of being a realtor, but he just wasn't very familiar with like investing and everything. So it wasn't really a bunch of value add. And my mom actually was the one who found the first house that we did, which we'll talk about the numbers in the next episode. Um, She claims that on foreclosures they put a little red ribbon on on the house to indicate that it's a foreclosure oh wow and so that's how she knew in quotations that it was going on the market now looking back at this i'm pretty sure that red ribbon was just left over from uh a Christmas decoration of some yeah. sort. <laughs> um, but, but in any event, it uh, was a foreclosure. Yeah. Um, it came up. We told our agent about it. Uh, and he, you know, it wasn't even listed yet. So he didn't see it. We just saw the notice of foreclosure posted on the door eventually after this red ribbon thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we went, poked around the outside, tried to look in the windows. Our agent was like, just make sure you don't get in trouble for trespassing. I'm like, okay. Um, funny enough, it, it was on the same street that I grew up on. So my mom still lives on that street. Um, that's how she noticed the ribbon in the first place. Um, and I guess, so that's how we, how we found it. And then when it was listed, it was an REO home, which means real estate owned. So it was a foreclosure that goes through the sheriff's sale, doesn't get sold at auction, comes back to the mortgage company, gets listed on the, on the MLS. A bank is selling it. Yeah. So that's how we found the first, the first deal. Very cool. Okay. So, uh, the deal lists at 145. is that accurate? Uh, yeah, 145 or 149. And what was useful about it was that it was listed as a, um, as like an owner occupant first look type property. Mm-hmm. So that means that in the first, I believe it's 10 days, um, or however many days, 10 or 14, I think it's 10. Um, only, only owner occupants have an opportunity to bid. So investor buyers, not allowed to get in on this yeah that's some government regulation i I actually don't know the deals on that but yeah Yeah, it's uh it's fanny's first i want to say it's like first look period but for some reason i should know better than to forget the name but for some reason it it, it's not coming to me i think it's first look 
uh, yeah, home match or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So that uh, the, we, we can go through the numbers, but that's going to happen in another episode. So you eventually got into the property or no? Were you able to walk? Yeah. Property? So there was, a you know, we eventually got a, an official showing. We saw the property. Um, what, was your, what, what was your initial reaction when you're walking through? You thought, oh, this is a steal. Well, it was what I was mind? looking for. So when we were okay. thinking about what we were looking for, we wanted a property that needed a ton of work on one side. That was the mm. side that we would live in. And then we wanted it to be like maybe some work on the other side, but not a lot. And this being a foreclosure, we were lucky that, well, lucky-ish that both units were vacant. Um, so we didn't have to like inherit a tenor or anything, which as a newbie, that brought up some stress for like, oh man, how's this even gonna work? I don't, yeah. I don't know, blah, blah, blah. Um, but it does make it a little bit less complicated in retrospect um, that I don't have to inherit somebody else's tenant. But yeah, yeah so we went in, um, there was one side that was, was pretty busted. Um, I mean, the roof on the place was maybe had like a couple years left, but was going bad. The, the sewer stack in the house was cracked, so it was leaking sewer uh, sewage um, at our home inspection after we went under contract, which I guess we'll get into. I'm jumping the gun, but it looked like it was only the part in the basement, but it actually went up the whole sewer stack. So that's cool. Um, <laughs> there was no no flooring. There was just subflooring huh. uh, in the property. There was no carpet or anything. They probably ripped it out because it smelled like cat pee. Yeah. Um, you know, a bunch of the doors were were broken. There was like plumbing stuff, electrical stuff. The other unit was in slightly better shape. The guy actually put new cabinets cabinets in. It looked like it was a deal where hmm. somebody bought it, started to flip it, and then it went in foreclosure. Yeah. But they they had put in new windows too. But the new windows were like twelve years old. So I think somebody had um. They were probably new when they put them in, but I think this had foreclosed maybe a couple times through different investors that uh, just ran out of money during the project. It looked like somebody maybe was flipping it in like 2008 or something because yeah. a lot of a lot of the newer stuff was aged that time and then they ran out of money and then it wow. maybe cycled through other people. So how long is this house at vacant then? No clue. Yeah, uh, I don't I don't but know, like, but like years possibly possibly years i mean it looked like the one side the better side had been being lived in mm, um so, okay. maybe sometime within the past four years or so but the right. vacant side that was all tore up had probably been vacant for a good a good long time all right that paints a pretty good picture for the listener of what this house looked like this is this is not some uh you know it, white yeah. and brass fixture <laughs> no. zillow no. It wasn't it wasn't nice, but I will say that having more experience now, it wasn't trashed. Right. It was like it needed work, but I've definitely seen far worse stuff. Mm -hmm. So. All right. Great. So you went through and then uh, do you guys know you want to make an offer right away? How, how did that? Yeah, we knew we wanted to make an offer before we even saw inside. Um, like I said, it was on same street as my mom's house. It area I knew perfect setup with one unit that needed work. The other one didn't. So it was like everything was perfect about it. I 
decided in my head though that I didn't want to pay more than $150,000 because I um, ran the numbers online and I wanted to make sure that I would make at the time I wanted $200 per month in cash flow or something. Okay. Um, I analyzed them differently now. So at the time I was under exaggerating expenses, I think, but whatever. So then over exaggerating. Uh, well, I think now if I go back and redo the numbers, um, which will be in the next episode, I'm probably at around $200 per month in cash flow. But at the time I would have probably been at right at $400 total uh, at 150. Yeah. So then I remember we bid um, on the Fannie Freddie process. You literally just, your agent just types in stuff online. You don't really even need to do a real sales agreement until you, until you get the house, you just put all your crap in on there. Um, And we needed to get a pre-approval fast, a new one. And I found out that we weren't going to be able to do FHA for some reason. It didn't work. So then we had to go and talk to another bank and get a 10% down loan, which at the time we, w- we would be approved in the system, but we didn't have 10% down plus repair costs. So we were like, what are we going to do? So, um, Because we, you're, initially you're estimating 5% down. Uh, three and a half percent down. Three and a half down. Yeah. Okay. So it was basically that ate all the money. So this is all over the span of like a week. <laughs> no, probably two days because we had to. We had to put the offer in. We had to get the pre-approval. Then we had to, you know, get everything in. Realize we didn't have enough money. What are we gonna do? We thankfully, um, we got. We took a loan from a loan. Uh, we got gift funds um, from from family, which helped to be able to afford the initial purchase. Um, so that that helped. Um, yeah, I guess just gift funds is what it would be. Um, right. They they gave that to us, and then um, that allowed us to be able to be comfortable to buy the the house. So it is nice to have some help from that. If we wouldn't have been able to get gift funds. I probably would have done some sort of 401k loan, mm-hmm. I guess, because you can take money out from your 401k and then pay yourself back. I probably would have done something like that. Um, it's useful to remember those things because the first deal is always like the Ooh. hardest one to get into. Yeah. Um, yeah. On a normal investment, I would tell people, wait until you have a more solid financial footing. But with a house hack, it can be a little bit different because you're paying to live somewhere anyway. So it's like, you still want to be on solid financial ground, but at the same time, you can be a little bit tighter. Cause it's like, you're really just kind of, yeah, you're paying, I, paying anyway. It's a, it's a personal risk thing, right? It's like, yep. And so. then, um, so yeah, so we got all that together. We offered thought it'd be good. And then we got hit with the multiple offer situation. So that was what was nice. Yeah. All right. So they're going back and forth. You offer 148, 149. Where did you guys end up? Uh, 155. Okay. And what was that like? Because that's 5,000 more than you were. I actually misstated the list price. I think the list price was 140, 139.9. Okay. So then our agent told us, like, hey, there's multiple offers. You're going to need to 
you know, put in a bid if you really want the house. And then we were like, okay, well, I don't know what to put in. I think that that was where I was going to do 150. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, well, fine, just do 155 if that gets us the house. That's where and we ended up. Was it up hard to get in. up to 155 from your 150 or were you just like, hey, man, we're mentally that was pretty hard for me because like i said it pushed me below my minimum cash flow figure right um but pre-approval wise we were fine so it wasn't like that wasn't really a big deal financially for us as far as the bank was concerned but um yeah so mentally that was a hurdle to get over but I just kind of thought about it and looked at it in a calculator. And I was like, $5,000 is what per month? It's like $10 (laughs) per month or something. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to miss out on the perfect situation for me over $10 per month. So I I think that's a helpful rule too, though, or like a helpful way to to go about it. Cause you do get in this, like, you know, that's more than I wanted. You know, yeah, it's like, well, and it's 15 then, bucks a month, like, yeah, so then it's like, okay, well, you know, if it was just an ordinary deal that met maybe checked off like two of 10 boxes for me or something, then I probably wouldn't have done it. But this one had everything that we were looking for, so it was like, okay, whatever, just, just do the deal. Um, and then you wait, so with those things, you wait. I think we submitted it on Friday. So then you have to wait till the bank gets in and reviews it. So we had to wait till like Tuesday to even know what was happening. <laughs> uh, I think we went and saw some houses maybe that weekend. And it was just stupid. Because it was like, things. we're going to yeah. go see these houses. We don't even care about them. We're just doing it. The probably wasted my agent's time. I guess not really, whatever. But um, <laughs> we put it in an offer. So it's not like we were totally wasting time. But we uh yeah so then on tuesday we got told that our bid was accepted and then all the fun begins all right um but i guess tell me what happens next yeah so then we go in we get our inspection the inspection turned up a bunch of stuff um at that time i was probably not i wasn't the type of person that got scared by the stuff but i probably wasn't thinking strongly enough about it um because the guy was like yeah the roof's old you probably have like two years left and i was like oh two years that's great so much and then then he's like oh (laughs) your your sewer stack's leaking uh i can't tell where it where it's broken but it looks like it's probably just it's at least broken down here and i was like okay so that's pretty easy right you just cut it out down here and and you're good to go he's like well i can't really give repair recommendations you can fall right and fall but bummer um we we did like they're like oh there's these pushmatic breakers they're not a problem i still don't really hate them i don't care about the pushmatic breakers but some if i sold it today i'd probably have some inspector that called it out inspectors like to call them out now because there's no replacements like if your pushmatic breaker fails you need to get a new breaker box yeah but I, i'm just like whatever today but i probably should have thought about that because i really didn't have any money if my breakers would have failed that would have been like two, two grand yeah i'd be taken out alone <laughs> um yeah. and uh yeah so there's a bunch of crap that came up on that inspection there's water getting in the basement um a bunch of other just garbage and i was just like yeah whatever just do the deal it's fine in addition <laughs> to all the cosmetic renovation we need right. to do um i also had no clue how to fix anything like 
I wasn't very handy at the time. Um, so you thanks- knew what a screwdriver was, but you didn't know, like, you know. Uh, probably not. I think our first oh, apartment, wow. I, our first apartment, I was one of those people who's like, can I flip the breaker? Am oh, I yeah. like allowed to touch that? Yeah. Well, I get electrocuted. So, yeah, I mean, I wasn't super handy, but thank my, I mean, my dad was pretty handy. We had people in the family that were fine. So I was kind of like, I figured out YouTube had been, I, I'd say six years ago, it wasn't as popular for learning how to do stuff as it is now. Right. Um, but you could still figure it out. The The garage roof was literally collapsing because it was like, rotten boards because it was leaking yeah um but yeah so we buy it uh <laughs> after all that we did it it was the bank so we tried to negotiate my agent was like hey yeah it's a bank they're not yeah and then i was like well will you just put it in and he was probably so sick of me he was just like whatever fine. sure i'll put it in okay whatever <laughs> and we did and then they came back and said nothing and i was like oh all right um <laughs> then I probably stressed about it so much more after. I mean, during the inspection, I was kind of like, whatever. But then after I, they said that we weren't going to give you anything. I was like, ah, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to do this. Blah, blah, blah. But then again, I just thought like, you know what? This is a perfect situation. You got to learn what you're doing anyway. For sure. We'll get it done. So we closed and we got the keys. That was that was what right. was next. So yeah. now we're. So you sort of put your naivete blinders on and you're like, we're going in. Leroy yeah. Jenkins, basically. More or less. Uh, we still had our apartment for a month. So we started to fix things up. We actually prioritized the vacant ones so that we could get tenants ASAP. Because like I said, money was kind of tight. Mm-hmm. Um, we were in an okay place because like I said, we were able to get some gift funds from family to like kind of tied us over a little bit yeah but so we did a little bit of work in the tenant one we luckily when we were done though i remember that was the scariest part for me out of anything was because i was like okay i'm done with the project i listed it what uh are we gonna find people (laughs) yes and i mean i looked up online how to do everything how to screen people we took a class uh we started it before we even bought the property we took like a property management class at the community college to figure out all the nuts and bolts (laughs) and um did a bunch of stuff but it was really nerve-wracking until we found those those first tenants we got decent first tenants so that was kind of lucky but the whole time we're living we were uh, living in our apartment kind of neglecting the one we were going to move into Mm-hmm. we still didn't have floors we just had subfloors, and then we moved in so we're basically living in like place without subfloors with a leaky basement a leaky roof the sewage stack was cracked like a bunch of crap yeah bunch of other problems too and so i just got to work fixing those i remember the plumber came in and he's like oh yeah this is uh, to estimate this i don't know how far it's cracked and he's like so today i'm gonna tell you it's 15 grand and i was like yeah it's that's fun that's a lot <laughs> and uh and i was like well what if i cut a hole in my wall so you can see it he's like well if you want to cut a hole in your wall okay and i was like okay and then I, i'm like how do i cut a hole in the wall? <laughs> 
I didn't ask him, but I asked uh yeah. my, like Google my, my second <laughs> no, my second cousin's a plumber. And he's like, I'll you know, I had to talk to him for years, but my mom still talked to him and she's like, Yeah, call call your your cousin Tim. He'll come over and he'll probably help you. Thankfully, he came over, he like had a sawzall and he told me where to cut and like he helped with that while I was there. So it was really lucky. But yeah, I remember just being like, I don't even know where to do this. And we looked, and of course the things cracked the whole way up, but the plumber didn't know where it went. So it ended up being, I think, seven thousand dollars. Cause I told him, I was like, Look, I'll do all the patchwork. Mm. I didn't know how to do patchwork. I was like, I'll do all this stuff. Just fix the pipe. That's yeah. it. And uh fixed it so that was cool so we could actually use our toilet at that point in time up until then we were going up to my mom's house to like shower and stuff we would yeah. occasionally use the toilet but it wasn't a good thing because every time you would use a toilet like sewage would seep out of the side of the cast iron pipe which was pretty gross oh and it was cast iron especially pipe. especially oh, once nice. the wall was open yeah it was pretty yeah. gross because you could see it trickling it was just nasty Ugh. um yeah, so then the plumber did that. We got to work doing all the stuff in our unit. Our tenants were paying, and that was the next big fear was like, you, am I going to find anybody? And then their first month's payment comes up, and you're like, are they, they going to pay me? Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know. But thankfully, it's pretty easy. Um, that's why I recommend people their first deal if they're going to house hack. Like It's pretty useful to get it in a nice area that has good rents. Um, cause then you're just going to attract an easier tenant to deal with usually. Yeah. And you have to live next to these people. <laughs> yeah. So thankfully there was no problems with that either. Um, but yeah, we, we, I learned how to fix so many different things in that house. Um, over time we had a lot of expensive, uh, stuff come up too. Like we were patching the roof over and over and over. We just recently replaced it, but we held it together with bubble gum and, tar <laughs> flex seal for uh a while and then we eventually just replaced it had to install drains outside the the garage roof i re-roofed the section so i like looked up on youtube how to repair roofing oh. i figured it was a garage so if i'm ever going to learn how to do a roof, yeah i actually like that idea it was a detached one i i couldn't fall off and die like it wasn't that high um but yeah i had to go up under i like I had to, you know, add, I had to rip off shingles, replace new plywood in certain spots. There were a couple other spots that were just a little bit soft, but the plywood wasn't like totally bad. So you can brace that plywood. So I braced it. If it was a real house, I, you'd probably want to do new plywood, but for yeah, the garage, I just braced it. Um, did that. So yeah, you got an education on this, on this house. Oh yeah. A lot. So that's the most important thing with the first deal was the whole learning thing. Um, yeah. Lived there for a little over a year, started looking for the second one, which would be the next episode of our, our thing. Like, yeah, the whole, well, the next next episode. So the next one we'll talk about. If you listen to next week, you'll hear all the numbers on this this first deal. And then after that, we'll get back into the series, which is like the next substantial step towards financial independence. And how is your wife during this period where you're doing all these things to the house and you're learning? Is she? Well, she helped with all of them. So she was involved. Um, I mean, 
she definitely helped with almost all of the repairs. It was either her or my dad and or her yeah. by herself or me or whatever. Um, our cats were not uh, too keen on living in a we had to give them a few baths, though, because I remember we would have like piles of debris and they and they would like go walk in them and then they would get covered in dust and yeah. crap and uh, <laughs> then would have to give a cat a bath. I think that might be the first time I gave a cat a bath. And you don't realize how small those things are until you Once give them a bath. When they're wet, all their fur is like, they're like this, like very small. Yeah. <laughs> they can fit through a keyhole on a door. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, that's, um, and then, I, so at the end of the year, how did you guys feel? Bit tired? Sound like you were willing to do another one. Were you glad you did the process or? Um, I would say we retired we realized a lot of the benefits when after we finally got over the hump we saw how much money we were saving yeah because our our mortgage payment was 760 before insurance and and taxes so probably ended up being um our mortgage payment was probably like 1100 we were renting the other side for 1095 and the garage is for 50 so like we we're pretty much break even on our you're paying for utilities yeah which is awesome yeah we were break even more or less before we counted for all the variable expenses which was nice um it was easy to not pay people to fix things because i lived there so i could just like if the tenants had a problem i could just pop over and fix most small things so that was useful but yeah so we were feeling confident that it was a good decision I wouldn't say that we were like, you know, relieved you know, or anything. Uh, it was, I mean, we knew it was work, but mm-hmm. we we were confident that this was a good path, I guess, to continue on. So then we, that's, that's where I got my license because I was like, if we're going to do this again, I'm going to get my light, my real estate license so that we can buy our own, mm-hmm. buy our own house, save commission, basically like a rebate. Cause I learned from the first one that I, it, it'd be nice to have more cash before getting into it. Um, but as with most house hacks, we had an owner occupant requirement. So we had to live there for a year before we could do it again. Right. But that's, that's what prompted us to kind of start on the path to the second place. So, yeah. And so this is much more of a side hustle and a little bit less of an investment, sort of both, but yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I was still like totally full time at my job. Nope. I had no delusions about quitting anytime soon. I think I did the math and I was like, if I got 40 doors, I could be done. Um, that was what, that was what I wanted to get to. Yep. Cool. All right. Well, this has been a pretty, we've gone through a lot here. Uh, anything else you want to kind of leave no. on the table? No, he says, all right. Yep. Well, so. awesome. Thanks for the rundown. Uh, yeah, and I guess right. the next episode, what we'll do is we'll pull up this deal. You know, we talked about how it felt and like some of the, uh, you know, the narrative. And the next episode, we'll talk about a little more math. Yeah, talk about you can use numbers. it as an example for um, how to analyze your own deals. Um, most of our shows are pretty interchangeable between podcasts and YouTube form. However, the next one will probably be a little bit easier if you're on YouTube. So yeah, a little more visual. Yeah. And that, that'll be great because everyone reads the numbers 
but uh, I think you really told the story behind the numbers, right? Of like, there you go. Yeah, I have a hole in my wall, and there's some sewage that comes out when I flush my toilet, <laughs> and I shower at my mom's house with my wife, who I hope will stay my wife. Yes, yeah, so. <laughs> indeed. Yeah. All right, All right. Well, we'll, great. We'll talk to you next week. All right, thanks everybody. See ya.